Amen. Second Corinthians, the first chapter. While you're standing, we're going to go right to the word of the Lord. And uh, I want you to follow with me. If you don't have your Bibles, then I'm sure they'll have the scripture up on the screen. But beginning in first, or I'm sorry, Second Corinthians, the first chapter and verse 20 reads like this. Paul said, for all the promises of God in him, that's in Jesus, are yea, and in him, that's in Jesus, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Everybody say it's all yes with God and it's all so be it with us and God's going to keep that covenant. Now everybody say the next word now. He which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Let's just praise him for the Holy Ghost tonight. Father, we thank you that you have given us the earnest of your Spirit in our hearts tonight. Anyone that has never received it, God, before they leave this service, fill them with the Holy Ghost. Every one of us who have received it, before we leave this service, fill us, Lord, with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, and you may be seated. I think while we're being seated, we ought to give a hand to all our musicians and our praise leaders just doing a wonderful, wonderful job leading us into worship. Amen. I've often said and say it again. We don't have a praise team. We have praise leaders. They're not here to entertain us. We're not there to sit down and watch them. But they, they help us and be an example and lead us into worship, which leads us into the Word of God. I want to preach tonight on this thought, the earnest of the Spirit. The Bible said God has sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Everybody say, God has sealed me. I like to think of it like this, Pastor. He sealed the deal. And to seal the deal, he gave us the earnest of his Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 1 through verse 5, we read where this same author, the Apostle Paul, writes these words. For we know that if our earthly house, everybody say that's my physical body, of this tabernacle were dissolved or dies. We have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Does anybody believe with me? You've got an eternal, glorified, immortal body that is in the heavens one day. 
For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, this body of flesh, do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, and here Paul says it again, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Everybody say, uh, he has sealed the deal. The earnest of the Spirit. Now Paul went on to talk about to be in this body is to be uh, uh, absent from the Lord. In, in other words, he's talking about in that glorified state, glorified state, but to be uh, absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Tonight, I want to talk to you about this earnest of the Spirit that God has given us. Paul also mentions it again in the book of Ephesians. And the Bible said in chapter 1 of the book of Ephesians and reading in verse 13, if you find it, say amen. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed. In other words, he said you trusted because you heard the word of truth, which is the gospel of your salvation. And after you heard that, you believed it. And when you believed it, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of, of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Now, I want to talk to you about this earnest of the Spirit and what it means. Uh, the Scripture says here that the Spirit of promise, everybody say the Holy Ghost. He said because right now you're being baptized with water, but there's coming one, John said, after me, who shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus, the last words he said as he ascended on high to his disciples and his apostles and the followers of, of Christ was before uh, long you're going to be baptized. And he said, so I want you to go back to Jerusalem. Don't stay up here on the, the blessing of Bethany Mountain, but go back to Jerusalem where in a few days you're going to receive the promise of the Father, which we know is the Holy Ghost. So he said he has bestowed on us the, the promise of the Holy Ghost, which is the earnest of our inheritance. We have been chosen, as, as Pastor spoke this morning, to become sons of God. The scripture said he came to his own, the Jews, and his own received him not. 
but as many as did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God that were not born of flesh, not born of blood, but were born by the Spirit of God and by the water. Are you glad you've been born again tonight? Of the water and of the Spirit, we have become the sons of God. And John went on in one place to write these words. Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he comes, <laughs> woo, hallelujah, he said now, right now we're the sons of God, but it does not yet appear what we shall be. I'm telling you, we're going to take on a body that is like his glorious body. We're going to receive an inheritance that's going to make this body and this world and everything in it seem as nothing. But right now we're still here. Right now we're still burdened with the restrictions of this body. Has anybody ever felt like jumping as high as Brother Mike? Oh, I felt like it. I've even tried it a few times, but it won't work. I might manage to get about a, a, a three-inch uh, vertical leap. And I'm sure the pastor had one of those leaps that he could dunk that basketball back in the old days. I wouldn't say he still could. He might can. I don't know. But uh, something about when you hit that 40 mark, the spring kind of leaves a step a little bit. Amen. But I'm thankful that I do have a voice uh, that can still praise the Lord and shout hallelujah. I may not be able to jump as high as I'd like to, but I know there's coming a day when I'm going to receive a new body, where I'm going to be able to leap and I won't come back down. I'm going to go beyond the moon and the stars and the Milky Wide Way, hallelujah, into the place that God has reserved for me in heaven. You say, how can that be, Pastor? Well, the Bible said we're going to receive a body likened unto his glorious body. Remember after the resurrection when Jesus was glorified, the Bible said the, uh, the 11 apostles were in a room. They were scared. They were closed up. They had the doors locked. They had the windows batted down. But all of a sudden, through the wall, uh, walks Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And when Jesus stood there, he appeared, looks like, out of nowhere. And they're looking at him with astonishment. And some of them are saying, Lord, uh, is that really you? He said, it's me. Said, see these nail prints? <laughs> now I believe when we receive that glorified body, and you're gonna you're gonna see what that is here in just a minute, but when we receive that glorified body, when in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed, for the trump of God shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Whoa, hallelujah. Can you imagine, uh, amen, all of the bones rattling together of every child of God for the last 2,000 years, uh, and, and, and uh, a new flesh is on them, and they're coming up out of the grave. 
then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. What a day that's going to be. But we're going to have a glorified body. He said, well, how can, how can we come out of the casket? Uh, is God going to have to dig all the dirt off and, and, lift, uh, and break into the coffin? And No, no. we're going to have a body like his glorified body who can go right through the dirt, uh, who can go right through the lid of the coffin, uh, hallelujah, right through the ceiling that's going to be lifted up and meet the Lord in the air. I believe that new body won't have any defects, I don't believe any cripples are going to be crippled then. I don't think any wheelchair-bound folks are going to be wheelchair-bound over there. I don't think there'll be any blinded eyes over there. I don't think there'll be any deaf ears over there. There won't be any lame or crippled or maimed. But, but look at this. Something happened when they crucified Jesus and he got a glorified body. He still had scars. Still, he could pull back and you could see the spear wound. You say, well, why did that happen to Jesus? If the new body won't have any scars and it won't have any defects and it won't have anything, I'll tell you why. To fulfill the scripture back in the book of Isaiah, I believe it was, that said, and, and every eye shall see him and behold him, and they shall look upon him whom they have pierced. And I'm telling you, oh, Doubting Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it until I can put my finger into the nail prints. And so Jesus left some nail prints so there'd be a believing Thomas instead of a doubting Thomas. And he's left a spear. Come on now. He left the spear wound and he said, go ahead, Thomas. Thomas, and thrust in your hand and put your finger in there. Somebody say, seeing's believing. But Jesus said, I tell you what, you believe, Thomas, because you've seen. But if you want to really be blessed, believing is seeing. <laughs> Come on, believing is seeing. Let's not get it backwards. I've got to see it before I can believe it. But let's get it like this. Lord, if I believe it, I will see it. Come on, if you believe that God's got something special for you tonight, that God has got an earnest of the Spirit to give you, then you need to be on the receiving end of that faith and say, Lord, I believe it, therefore I receive it in Jesus' name. Well, Thomas fell down and cried, my Lord, my God. Never found him going over and poking his finger or hand anywhere. He just saw it. And my Lord and my God. He recognized who he was, didn't he? But understanding that Jesus allowed that for the faith of somebody that's having a hard time to believe. It's amazing to me how merciful God is. I said, it's amazing. How many has ever received something you've asked God for and you know good and well you didn't have enough faith to get it and God went on and gave it to you anyway? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I prayed for a man one day. I've told you this story, but he walked into our church all yellow uh, in the last stages of cancer. The doctors had sent him home to die, put a hospital bed in his, in his trailer, and, and he was managed to make his way to the altar by the help of his wife and daughter that morning in church and knelt there, and I, I said, Don, what's wrong? His stomach was all bloated. He was yellow and looked like death warmed over. And he said, I'm dying of cancer. They've sent me home to die. Would you pray for me? And I remember praying for that man. And Pastor, I'm going to be honest with you. The whole time I'm praying for him, I'm thinking, man, if this guy makes it through today, it's going to be a miracle. That doesn't sound like much faith. Doesn't sound like much faith. But I don't read anywhere in the Word of God that says if you'll have a faith as of a mountain, you can move a mustard seed. But I do read where he said, if you can have the faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. And so it will happen. Come on. It doesn't take a lot of faith. Just believe and stand on the word of God. Amen. One man said, Lord, if you will, you can heal my, my son. He said, I will if you believe. And he said, I believe. But help my my unbelief, you know, Jesus didn't look at him and say, oh, you got unbelief. Sorry, I can't do anything for you. But he looked down at him and said, thy son is made whole. I'm going to tell you, God's more merciful than we can realize. And God wants you to be healed more than you even want it yourself. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight more than you even want it yourself. And so all of this is to fulfill what is getting ready to take place. All of the, the blessings that we receive in this physical body, and I thank God for them, yet they are so limited because of sickness, because of disease, because of old age, because of pain, because of suffering, come on, because of life in general. As much as we thank God for deliverance from the curse, yet our body still has the results of the curse. Amen. Upon this earth, we still have to work for the sweat of our brow. You still have to give birth in labor pains, ladies. We still have to dig up the earth. God doesn't plant it and bring it all up for us. We still have to do the work. And so as long as we're in this flesh, we're going to go through all that stuff. A lot of things that people give credit to the devil for, and it's not so much devil anyway. It's just flesh. A lot of it's just with old flesh we got to deal with. Amen. You know, the number one enemy, looking at it. Looking at it. Amen. You can blame the devil if you want to, but what it boils down to, he just, every time you do, he just brags and sticks his chest out and says, yeah, I'll take the credit. But a lot of times it's just our old carnal flesh. But a hallelujah, one of these days, come on, we're going to trade this old fleshly body into a glorified body. But, but we've got to do something first. How many wants that to happen to you? How many wants to be transformed? Amen. No more pain, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more devil to fool with. No more tears. But there's something that has to transpire. Before we can have that redemption. 
before we can have that inheritance. Paul mentions it three times here in the scripture that we've read tonight. And he says in, in Ephesians, I want to look at this one a little bit deeper. In verse 14, he said, well, verse 13, last part, the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed with it. And he says that Holy Spirit of promise is, if you want to know the mystery of the earnest, here it is. It is the earnest of our inheritance. Until. <laughs> now this lets me know something better is getting ready to happen. He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. How many felt like the Holy Ghost was the greatest thing you could ever get in your life? But the Lord's saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's just the down payment. Come on, that's just the earnest deposit. Well, hallelujah to what's getting ready to happen, to what's getting ready to come. So the Holy Ghost just gives us the strength, the power, the grace, the ability to live in this present world with all of its faults, with all of its failures, with all of its trials, with all of its temptation. He gives us the Holy Ghost to make it through this earthly journey. But all along, our eyes should be on what is getting ready to take place and what is getting ready to come. And he said, we groan in our spirit until that day takes place so the earnest he says is the Holy Ghost and it is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory who is that purchased possession? The Bible said that God purchased us, that we are not our own, but we've been bought with a price. Uh, he purchased us with his own blood. Uh, the Bible speaks about the redemption, but the full redemption doesn't come until we leave this old body of flesh below and we are taken into the presence of the almighty God. Woo, hallelujah. And he gives us full redemption. Full redemption of the purchased possession. So in the meantime, he's given us the next best thing. We are made to sit down in heavenly places. We're not in heaven yet. We still got to deal with the little demons. We still got to deal with our flesh. We still got to deal with all the problems and troubles of this life. But let me tell you, when we have the Holy Ghost, we got something to deal with. <laughs> We've got to, God said, I'm going to seal the deal. I'm going to give you an earnest. I'm going to give you a down payment, if you please, on what's getting ready to come. Now watch this. I'm, I'm going to read something to you. I, I, I'm going to stop and just do a little reading. The commentator Adam Clark commenting on this scripture says, let me back up just a little bit and go to the Greek for the word earnest. It is arhaban or arabon, if you pronounce it that way. It is of a Hebrew origin and it means a pledge that is part, everybody say part, of the purchase money or property given 
in advance as security for the rest. <laughs> in other words, it's kind of like what you'd call putting a down payment on a house. You purchase a car and you put down a down payment with all intention. You, can't, you, you can call it your car, but it's not really your car until it's paid for. You can live in it as your house, but it's not really your house uh, until it's paid for. If you don't believe me, quit making payments. No, don't, don't do that. Don't try that. Just believe me. Understanding that when God gives us the earnest, you see, he purchased us. But the full purchase price, <laughs> woo, it's not going to be realized uh, just down here on this earth. We thank God we go through the water and baptism in Jesus' name. And the Bible said we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But understand that redemption is only in part for right now. It's, a, it's an earnest money. It's a down payment, if you please, on what God is getting ready to do when he gives us the full purchase price and he reveals himself in glory. Right now we can feel his spirit in us and it makes us feel happy and we rejoice and we speak in tongues and we feel the gift of the Holy Ghost. But believe me, this will be as nothing until we stand before the presence of the Almighty God ourselves and fall on our face before him and he gives us that full redemption package. Right now, he said, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders and they'll anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they've committed any sin, it shall be forgiven them. But I'm telling you, we're talking about a place where they'll never have to pray for another sick body. Come on, hallelujah. Where they'll never have to go to another funeral. Death will be no more. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? I'm talking about it's gone. It's dissolved. Woo, hallelujah. We, we talk about the scripture that says that every man that's in Christ is a new creature. All things are passed away and all things become new. But that's only a little down payment of what's really coming. Because even when we are in Christ and all things are new, we still have to suffer the stuff that goes with this body, with this world, with this old carnal flesh that we live in still have to go through trials. We still have to go through temptation. We still have to go through pain and suffering and sickness and even death. How many times, Pastor, have we preached the funeral of a precious saint of God? And all we can do is talk about precious memories of good things that happened and then go up into the future and say, but one of these days, there will be no more death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? The saying, he said, has come to pass. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? So, Adam Clark went on to say, from the use of the term in this history, we may at once see what the apostle means by the Holy Spirit being the earnest of the promised inheritance. The promised inheritance is eternal life. Amen. A security given in hand 
for the fulfillment of all God's promises relative to grace and eternal life. What happens when you receive the Holy Ghost? You get life. The Bible said the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. One scripture of the Bible said Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. The Spirit is life because he took that form of a man that looked like God, created in the image of God, but was lifeless, and he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. That is the Spirit of God. When it came into Adam, Adam became a living soul. We sing the song, I've just begun to live. Oh, when I got the Holy Ghost, he calls it being born again. Amen. When you were born the first time, when that doctor swatted you across the backside, it was so that you could take the first breath of your life. Because until then, you was getting all of your oxygen, oxygen through the umbilical cord and your mother's bloodstream was supplying all of the oxygen in your body and you didn't have to breathe a bit. But when you came out of that womb and that old doctor held you up and smacked you on the bottom and all of a sudden there was a wah, wah. For the first time, breath literally came into your lungs. We sung about it tonight. It's your breath in my lungs. I will praise you. Hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. When God breathes the breath of his spirit into you, you live, you become alive for the first time. That, that, that first birth really wasn't it. The second birth is the one that counts. And except you be born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God when he filled you with the Holy Ghost. The breath of life, life came in. But even this life through the Spirit is limited to the bounds of our habitation. It is appointed unto man once to die. And there comes an end of this life. But that is no sorrow to the child of God. And that's why the, the writer said, we sorrow not as others who have no hope. Everybody say, I got a hope. How do I know I've got a hope? Because I've been, the deal's been sealed. Come on. Because he gave me a deposit on eternal life. Hallelujah. I don't really have eternal life right now, but I've got what it's going to take that one of these days he's going to give me the complete, come on, the complete payment of everything that I need to pay this debt off. You see, the wages of sin is death. And when we get our sins washed away, the gift of God is what? Eternal life. But we don't have eternal life right now. We have life through his spirit. But it has not yet, you see, the inheritance has not been fulfilled yet. He said, until, until the redemption of the body, until the redemption of this physical man, and we, we are no longer in this vessel of clay, this vessel, this prison of flesh, uh, we break out of this into a brand new glorious body likened unto his glorious body that will live forever. But he says we may learn from this that eternal life will be given in the great day to all who can produce, watch this now, 
this Erebon or pledge. He who has the earnest of the Spirit then in his heart shall not only be saved from death, but have that eternal life of which it is the pledge and the evidence. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, it is the evidence of the eternal life. Come on, it is the life-giving source that he puts within you that is going to live in you as long as you are living in this body. But when this body departs, let me tell you, that spirit's going to leave it. Hallelujah. It's not going down into the grave any more than the body of Jesus did when he died on that cross. He gave up the spirit. He gave up the ghost. And the body died. But a few days later, whoa, hallelujah, that spirit came back in and said, now we're going to see the full redemption of the glorified body. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So looking at this, he said that part of the part of the property is given, which is eternal life, in advance as security for the rest of it. It's kind of like uh, the, the redemption hasn't completely taken place yet. We're just, we're in a part. That's why we, we say we're in a saved condition because we're not saved yet. Salvation is a journey. And it doesn't end until he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. That's why I can't afford to lay my pledge down. That's why I can't afford to take my Holy Ghost and set it over here and walk off and leave it and go do my own thing because that's my, that's my future inheritance. Come on, that's my earnest money. That's my down payment. This is what I've got to present to the Lord. He calls us out of here. He's calling up people that are full of the Holy Ghost that have the earnest money, if you please. God gives us the Holy Ghost as earnest or as down payment on eternal life. Everybody say, he purchased me. The Holy Ghost is the down payment until the full payment of eternal life is given. It's life, but not eternal yet until that glorious day of the redemption of the body. And for this cause, the Bible says, he is mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. We have not got there yet. If you believe that, then you, if you believe we have, then you, you, you believe once saved, always saved. But it's not going to be that way. Really, truthfully, once saved, it will be always saved. But we haven't got there yet. That's why we have to continue on. Pastors mentioned it many times. That was word E-T-H. The Bible said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, continued in prayer, continued in fasting. We don't have to fast in heaven. Be no, no more need for prayer over there. Come on, there'll be no need over there. But while we're in this body, while we've got that seal of promise, that earnest of the Holy Ghost upon our forehead, 
we got to keep on striving. We got to keep on working. We got to keep on praying. We got to keep on fasting. We come on, we got to keep on repenting. Are we not the people of God? Yes, we are. But you see, we haven't made it yet. We haven't made it yet. Salvation is a journey, not an experience. Some people get an experience and they say, whoop, I got it. And they're going back on their old ways. But no, it's, this is a journey. And every day we ought to be stepping a little closer toward the Lord. Because if we don't believe that, we're going to get settled in our lease. Come on, we'll settle down and get lackadaisical. And we won't be what God wants us to be and do what God wants us to do. It's not a time to let up on, on your worship. It's time to worship more than ever before. Come on, it's not a time to let up on holiness. It's time to get closer to God than we've ever been fighting before. It's not a time to get lazy and not pray. We need to pray more than we've ever prayed before it's not a time to be missing church but he said we ought to we ought to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching closer I get to that redemption day more excited I get, brother. brother. Is anybody old enough beside me to remember S and H green stamps? Oh, look at here! Look, but y'all ought to be proud of that. You forgot all about them until I said that, didn't you? And TV stamps. You remember TV quality stamps? Let me inform some of you that are looking at me funny. <laughs> when you go buy some gasoline at a service station, they give you a little book, and you could collect your S&H green stamps. And depending on how much gas you bought, that's how many more stamps you got. The more gas you bought, the more stamps. They didn't make much off me because I'd pull in there and say, give me 50 cents worth of wreck there. <laughs> That'd get you about two or three gallons back then too, buddy. Yeah, it would. I'd say half a dollar because it sounded better. <laughs> but they, I remember collecting those S&H green stamps, and they, they give you that book, and you'd collect it, and you'd fill it up, and then you'd get another book and fill it up, and then they'd give you a catalog, and the catalog showed you the redemption center. Oh, you ready for this? Uh, some of y'all still got your seatbelt on. You might want to unbuckle right here. <laughs> I remember as a boy going back through there looking through that Redemption Center catalog and I'd see something I wanted and it said that takes eight books man I'd go filling them books up and stacking those books up and I remember the day when I got eight books I could walk into there and, and, and go to that redemption center and said here's what I want right here and here's my eight books you see when God gave you the Holy Ghost he gave you the earnest he gave you a down payment that one day you can bring your spirit his spirit unto him and say here Lord I kept the Holy Ghost 
Ghost. He said, then I give you eternal life. I'm going to give you full redemption. Woo! Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. Jesus said the enemies come to kill and steal and destroy. He wants to tear the stamps out of your book. Come on, he wants to grab your down payment that God purchased you with and say, that don't mean nothing. God's done forgot all about you. No, you hold that down payment up. You hold that earnest up and say, I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Well, look what the Lord has done for me. Woo, thank you, Lord. Shake it in the devil's face. <laughs> oh, yes. So you see that? When God promised that and he gave me this as the down payment, it's as done, as good as done. All I got to do now is just be faithful. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. So important tonight that we have the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that the thief has come to steal and to kill and destroy. But I, I think we've seen enough evidence of what the thief's here to do. Come on, stealing and killing and destroying. But I'm telling you, Jesus said, but I. We need to focus on what God's going to do and what he's doing right now. He said, I have come that you might have life. That's the down payment. <laughs> I'm going to seal the deal. <laughs> I've come that you might have life, and then on top of that, more abundantly. Hallelujah. Eternal life. I'm going to give you life right here, but I'm going to give you eternal life up there. Hallelujah. And all you got to do is hold on to the earnest deposit. <laughs> Woo. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm about to close here. 1 Peter 1 and verse 4 and maybe down through verse 5. Let's see. He says, to an inheritance incorruptible. You see, everything we can inherit on this earth is corruptible. It's sad to see families get torn up and divided and fighting each other over some silly inheritance that won't amount to a hill of beans. And it's all going to corrode. It's all going to be corrupted and defiled. But he said, I'm talking about an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Woo! Thank you, God. Everybody shout, it's as good as done. He sealed the deal. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto. You see, salvation, when it's spoken of in the word of God, is always spoken of in the future. Even when it says baptism, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. There's steps to salvation because it's a journey. It begins with believing. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It goes from believing it to confessing it. 
For with the heart man believeth, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Jesus said before that you need to repent because except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So repentance is another step. Baptism is another step in the water in Jesus' name. The infilling of the Holy Ghost is another step. And that's where some of us apostolics stop and say, I've got it now. And we sit down on the pew of do-nothing. Or as it happens to be here, the chair of do nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to wait till Jesus comes and rescues me now. <laughs> they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You're going to get no strength renewed sitting there waiting around. What if we looked at that word as a waiter? What's going to happen to a waiter or a waitress that just sits around in the corner and watches all the customers? I'm telling you, I want to serve the Lord to the day that he takes me out of this whole life. I told God the other day, I said, Lord, if I ever get where I can't serve you, take me out of here. Because I want to be serving you till I take my last breath. I want to serve you, Lord. I want to wait on you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to be a vessel that you can use. I want to be a soul winner, God. I want to be a prayer warrior. I want to be a worshiper. So he says, we are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We don't stop with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says it is required in a steward that he be found faithful. Now, once you get the Holy Ghost, you just got the down payment. Everybody say, I hadn't got the full thing yet. No, I just got the Holy Ghost. You don't stop there. There's something else. You've got to learn to be faithful. Faithful in prayer. Faithful in worship. Faithful to the house of God. Faithful in tithes. Faithful in offering. Come on. Faithful in witnessing. Faithful in reading your Bible. Faithful, faithful. It's required. Everybody say, this is not an elective. It's required subject got to be found faithful and then last but not least he that endureth unto the end so from beginning of believing to the end of endurance hold on to the earnest hold on to the Holy Ghost and say this is the best I'll ever get down here but this is what's going to take me up there <laughs> glory to God this is why we must have the Holy Ghost. He said, ready, everybody say ready, ready. to be revealed in the last time. The revelation's about here. When we're going to be revealed. When the saints will be separated from the ain'ts. Pastor asked me to teach, is that next Wednesday? This Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. Well, that is the next Wednesday, I guess. Anyway, anyway. I'm going to go ahead and announce my subject, but it'll be all right because God's already dealt with me. That which cannot be shaken. See, I believe there's a lot of shaking going on. There is something that cannot be shaken. 
You hear me? You be here next week, this coming Wednesday, and we're going to teach upon that. But I want to let you know that it's about ready to be revealed who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. That which can be shaken will be shaken, but that which cannot be shaken is going to remain. Amen. And be ready to live out of here. In closing, Romans 8, verse 8. Reads like this. Everybody say, I've got to have the Holy Ghost. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Is anybody here tonight not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit? Mm -hmm. If. I say if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his how important is it tonight that we have the Holy Ghost how important is it pastor that we have that earnest that down payment of our possession that God bought us with. We are His possession. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him, here's where the rubber meets the road. If you're really wanting to be in the rapture, Anybody here getting rapture ready? Anybody here anxious for the rapture? If the spirit of him, God's spirit, that raised up Jesus from the dead, dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Stand with me tonight. I'm telling you that if you want to be rapture ready, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. That's what raised Jesus from the dead. That's what's going to raise us from the dead. That's what gave him the glorified body. That's what's going to give us a glorified body. You must be you must be born of water and of the Spirit.